explore the depths of the ocean with Google Earth, and scientists observe the ocean from space to predict outbreaks of cholera. Those stories are coming up today on Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. Starting this week, visitors to Google Earth can explore the depths of the ocean. And there's lots of new NOAA information and images out there to discover. Google Earth, for those of you unfamiliar with it, is a free tool that allows you to explore through maps and satellite images of our planet through space and now the ocean. You can download it as a standalone application or add it as a plugin for your web browser. The project is officially called Ocean in Google Earth, and it adds new layers of information to the popular Earth exploration tool. In addition to the depth of the seafloor, it also displays information like weather patterns, currents, temperatures, shipwrecks, coral reefs, even algal blooms. NOAA contributed a variety of data and imagery to the project and will be adding new information as time goes on. Google explorers can pan through expeditions from the NOAA Office of Ocean Exploration and Research, including a trip to the submerged wreck of the Titanic. That's pretty cool. You can also learn about marine debris and view ocean current maps from the NOAA Marine Debris Program that shows marine debris as it moves along with the currents around the ocean. Other NOAA contributions include information on marine protected areas, including NOAA's 13 U.S. National Marine Sanctuaries and one Marine National Monument. These are highlighted in detail via underwater video footage, high-resolution seabed maps, and photography. And data from NOAA's National Data Buoy Center and seabed maps of U.S. coastal waters are also part of Ocean and Google Earth. The tool is great for amateur oceanographers and marine enthusiasts, and it's also a place for researchers to collaborate and share information. And that's going to help us all better understand the many issues affecting our ocean. Well, if you're using Google Earth and you spin the globe over to the Bay of Bengal, that's the triangle-shaped body of water to the west of India, you'd be looking at the location of interest for our next story. Several researchers tied to NOAA were part of a team who recently published a study in the November 2008 Proceedings of the National Academies of Science. And this study points to a new way to use satellite sensors to predict cholera outbreaks. Dr. Rita Colwell led the study. She's a distinguished scholar from the NOAA Oceans and Human Health Initiative and a professor at the University of Maryland at College Park. And two other members of the team are also from NOAA. They're from the Cooperative Institute for Climate Studies, also located on the College Park campus. Colwell and her team used various ocean observation sensors to measure chlorophyll, sea surface temperature, rainfall, and ground temperature in the Bay of Bengal. And what they found is that cholera outbreaks typically follow increases in sea temperature, and these higher temperatures lead to increases in phytoplankton. And this algae, this phytoplankton, in turn, serves as food for copepods. And these are tiny crustaceans that naturally carry the cholera pathogen. So as the copepods thrive in the abundant phytoplankton, they find their way into the drinking water supplies along the coast of nations that border the bay, like India and Bangladesh. So in addition to predicting when and where cholera is likely to occur by looking at sea surface temperatures, Colwell and her team also found that filtering drinking water through four more folds of cloth. They used sari cloth, which is a type of garment worn by lots of people in that part of the world. It helps to remove the copepods, dramatically reducing cholera up to 
40 to 50 percent. So the new model serves as a robust early warning system for cholera in many regions of the world, and it's a useful tool for public health planning and decision-making to implement warnings about drinking water contamination. The study is also proving useful to other health early warning systems for U.S. seafood-related pathogen problems now in development by Oceans and Human Health Initiative-funded scientists and partners. The Distinguished Scholars Program, by the way, builds NOAA's Ocean and Human Health Capacity by bringing world-renowned scientists like Dr. Caldwell into work with the Initiative Center on cutting-edge science and its applications. Our next episode will also have an Oceans and Human Health focus. We'll be dedicating the entire episode to a symposium organized by NOAA's Ocean and Human Health Initiative at next week's annual American Association for the Advancement of Science meeting in Chicago. The presentation is called Fighting the Rising Tide of Antibiotic Resistance, Causes and Cures, and the Sea. At the symposium, a panel of government, academic, and nonprofit scientists are going to present the latest research on the spreading, strengthening, and evolution of antibiotic resistance in the ocean, and promising new solutions and treatments from our undersea medicine cabinets. And this promises to be a really fascinating symposium. And that's all for this week. If you have any questions about this week's podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, send us an email at nos.web at noaa.gov. And don't forget to check out the Ocean Facts section of our website. Have a question about the ocean you'd like answered? Let us know. Now I think I hear the ocean. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. See you next time.